Hello, and welcome to Romance at a Glance. This is your host, Shani. I am just here to give you a little trigger warning. We will be talking about a little sexual assault in this book. Um, it is a shifter book. It is a claiming book, so there's some nuance to it, but I want to let you know that that will come up in the episode. Also, on a different side note, if you're a patron, um, there should be some mail coming for you um, in these next coming weeks. I've been sending stuff out. I've already been sending stuff out and more stuff is going out. So I'm excited to connect with you. Make sure I have your mailing address and I will see you on the other side. Let's get this episode popping. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Romance at a Glance. We are talking about paranormal romance this month, of course, for our holiday spectacular season. And I'm your host, Bridget. With me, as always, is my co-host, Shawnee. Hi, Shawnee. Hi, Bridget. Are you feeling them feral vibes right now, them paranormal feral claiming bite vibes? You know what? Usually this is like my favorite season because you know I love paranormal romance. And I don't know what it is this year, but I'm just like not in the mood for it almost. (gasps) I don't know if it's because like both my kids have been sick, so they've been home like more. So it's like I'm just feeling like tired or something. But I've been like palate cleansing in between this with some just like real light sort of like rom-com but with steam and I've definitely been vibing more on those but as you know I do always love a werewolf shifter so it's not like I didn't enjoy this it's more just um it's just I don't know I'm a mood reader as you know and my mood is not in the paranormal this paranormal season it's kind of interesting because like um I'm I'm definitely with you. I'm a mood reader. Sometimes I can drill through a, like two books a day, and then I will go for six months without reading any books whatsoever because I'm just like not in the mood or mm-hmm. you know that sort of thing. So I completely completely get that. This is like I guess we read um, the King, uh, uh-huh. and then uh, now we're reading this. So I'm not fully into like the paranormal mindset either mm-hmm. so i i kind of feel what you're 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 putting down here <laughs> yeah. i am excited so we're reading feral sins by suzanne wright which is on kindle unlimited so that's what we're talking about today um i am excited about next week's book which is the firefighter sea dragon <laughs> i just like i'm like every, every word in that title is like a yes for me firefighter yes sea yes I mean, it's going to be piratey, sort of on a ship. Okay. Dragons, obviously. Dragon uh, shifters obvi. all the time. So I am really excited about that one. So hopefully that'll, like, uh, bump me into a more exciting place. And, <laughs> you guys, I have, like, the hugest news ever. We just heard back that we are going to have Christine Feehan on Woo! our podcast for an author interview. Hell yeah. Guys, I have read... I would say 80% of her back catalog, which probably has like 50 books in it. And she writes uh, a lot of like vampires and Carpathians. Her dark series is probably her like most well-known, but she also does some witches. She does some, she does a bunch of things and I could not be more excited to have her on and talk to her. So uh, maybe that'll shift me into the mood because we are going to read her latest book as well uh, in two weeks. So anyways, I'm excited. I'm excited to talk to her. It's going to just, I think it's going to round up this season and this month in a really nice way. I I totally agree. Talk about OG. Yeah, like her, that series, she's written so many fucking yeah. books. I, I can't, like, 
I'll never ever get close to anything like that. I was talking to Bridget. I was like, even if we start writing books now, I don't think we'll ever ever surpass this woman in the amount of books she's yeah. ever written. I'm really excited to talk to her too because I think it'll be interesting because if I remember correctly, she has a bunch of kids and she talks, um, I remember reading an interview like, 15 years ago with her and she's like oh yeah I write my books while I'm like waiting for soccer practice to end or like at the swim meets or whatever and so I'm excited to talk to her about like balancing like like finding that time while you're like super busy raising a bunch of kids and stuff so I'm just excited to talk to her I'm excited to talk to her about vampires I mean, about biting yes. about bonding about bonding. mates about, they, she has a lot of cool healing Primal. in her books and like a really cool sort of structure of the society and like sort of the big bad evil that's like the overarching evil throughout all the books. So should be good. I think it will be really good. But today we're talking about Feral Sins. Yes, we are. And so it's about time to get that shit popping. Bridget, you ready? Let's do it. I'm ready. Romance at a glance. Uh-huh. Romance at a glance. What'd you say now? Romance at a glance. Go ahead, girl. So, like I said, Feral Sins by Suzanne Wright is on Kindle Unlimited, as is the whole series, which is called The Phoenix Pack, which has eight books. Shawnee, tell us a little bit about the audiobook. How How is the audio for you? The audio was perfectly fine. I didn't really notice, like, a difference. So, mm-hmm. like, I didn't notice it, so you know how I feel about that. Yeah. That's, that's good narrator. audio. Yep. Um, it was Jill Redfield, and Jill, you did a good job. So, nice. that's how I felt about it. Awesome. Yeah, I was excited because, as you guys know, we're always trying to spotlight indie authors as well as traditionally published authors. And so we were excited to find a shifter book that was also on audio and uh, and by an indie author. So I was excited. Yeah, I was excited I about like it. that a lot. What do you think about the cover? You know, um, I had the one because it looked like there were a couple of versions on Goodreads. The one I had was like there was like a sort of enlarged wolf behind them, and then the couple was standing in the foreground kissing. I thought it was fine. I mean, it it told me exactly what this book was about. Two people will be kissing, and there are shifter walls. So I thought it I thought it hit sort of the the mark all, on, all the check boxes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it wasn't a cover that like if I had walked through a bookstore, I would have been like, oh my god, I have to read this book today. This is the perfect cover. But it also wasn't one that I like thought was cheesy or just looked tacky. Like I thought it was a a perfectly good paranormal shifter romance cover. Yeah, I mean, I I fully agree with everything you said. This is as we said a shifter romance. So basically, the entire plot sums up to Taryn is our main MC, and she has a terrible daddy, and she's a latent wolf, which means that her wolf is very strong inside of her but can't actually, like, manifest. She can't actually shift. So she's sort of low on the totem pole, even though her dad is the alpha of her pack. And he is a douchebag, and he's trying to basically, like, essentially sell her, except for without money, to this wolf who gives her the heebie-jeebies. Everyone else thinks he's cool, but she can tell something's going on behind those eyes, and he bites her without her asking, which is sort of like the wolf akin to raping her. And she has said, no, I will not accept you. No, I will not meet you. But her dad and him have set up this mating anyways. She gets kidnapped by Trey, who is an alpha of another pack, and he uh, basically makes her a deal, which is if you mate with me instead, I'll protect you from that dude and... I will, but in in return, your dad will sort of have an alliance with me, which will protect me from his uncle who is trying to like fight him and steal his pack. And so she basically decides, like, all right, well, you're better than this other fucking crazy dude. And 
mates him. And then both of them are like, oh, this is supposed to be a marriage of convenience, except for our wolves are like, nah, this is the right one for me. I like this one. And so the wolves are pushing the hormones high, high and fast. And their human selves are the ones that are sort of getting in the way of of this being a true mating. And uh, yeah, that's kind of the, that's kind of the book. Yeah, man, it was a good. That was a good summary, Bridge. Good job. Thank you. Uh, Thank I you. I appreciate that. You're you're a master at summaries. Though. I just want I just want to put that out there. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so did you ever watch the television show called Bitten? It was a Canadian show no. about werewolves, and it was no. About, oh my God, Shawnee! I've never heard of this. Where's my post-it? It, <laughs> oh it my is. I don't. It used to be on Netflix. I don't know where you can watch it because I didn't look it up before we started recording, but. Um, basically what happens is she's a female wolf and she leaves the pack and, and like has a human, uh, fiance and like is trying to sort of like live her life away from the pack. And then she sort of gets dragged back into, into the pack and in the pack is her sort of like love, you know, the love of her life. Who's this like burly man with like, just like. Thick, like, you know, like that thick body where you're like, that man chops wood for a living. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He is so, like, yeah. Their chemistry is really good. And, yeah, anyways, there's, like, a lot of shifter politics and shifter romance and just goodness. It's It was really good. I don't remember, quite frankly, season three. And I don't know if I ever saw it because I, like, watched it when it first came out. And so I'm not actually sure I ever finished the series, but seasons one and two were really good. Um, and again, like it's worth it for like him when he comes into the room and he's like breathing heavy because he used to just turn from a wolf back to a human and he's got no shirt on and she's just staring at him and you're like, oh yeah, that's right. Anyways, so oh, this whole book yeah. for me felt like that television show and my favorite review was not because I necessarily agree with what they said, which was... Um, from Val, the shameless handmaid on Goodreads. She gave it five stars and said, 10 million stars. I fucking adore this book hard. Seriously, though, I can't even with how many times I've read this thing. One of my top PNR books ever. Um, starring my favorite TV couple. This is why I think it's is my favorite review is because she says it's starring my favorite TV couple. And she just has a whole bunch of gifts of that show. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, yeah, I feel I feel you on the comparison. I wouldn't say it's my favorite shifter book ever, but I do feel you on that comparison because um, it definitely gave me those those vibes. First off, I want to say um, I've put on a post-it note this show and I am going to go watch it yes. <laughs> immediately. Uh, Shani, two- I will watch them with you later tonight. Oh, let's do that. You want to do that? That'll yes, be our, our, our watch. Okay, yep. that'll be good. Um, but two, I feel the exact opposite about this book that you do. I hated this book. I This book was not like, it's not the book that put me in my shifter feels or yeah. whatever. Like, it, this book was not it for me at no? all. How come? <laughs> not at all. I was trying to quantify like what it, like, what it was. I think partially I really hated Taryn. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she was like this like snarky character, the whole book. And, yeah. and I like, I do like a snarky character, you know, that's got some quips and whatever, but a lot of them were really lame to me. Like it was, it, I don't know, like the stuff she was saying wasn't that, f- 
like, I don't know. They weren't comebacks that were fun. They were mm-hmm. lame. And then it just made her really like lame and insecure in my brain. And mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it didn't give me, it didn't give me the, like, I'm a strong, you know, heroine vibes mm-hmm. or whatnot. Um, and then I really disliked Trey because like trigger warning, like I fully believe Trey raped her <laughs> and when? like, when, so when they start their interaction, like when they're, when after the, they've like, she's agreed to be like, um, his, uh, like mate? partner, right. His to do mate? the thing. So, well, let me, let me jump back a little bit. So the other guy like forcibly bit her right. and you know, but she didn't want to. Right. And I believe that that's also right there. Right. That's right. A, that's a whole violation right. and right. Whatever. Um, and then Trey gets her into his camp, like on total lies and false pretenses and everything. And part of me wants some of that to be cleared up before she's making like an informed like decision on what's happening in her mm-hmm. um, with him, you know. But it but it wasn't. And then when uh, after they had gotten together, mm-hmm. she kind of expresses what she wants or how that is, and it's totally disregarded. So there's a nuance here, right? So I like books where they push that, um, what do you call it? Uh, like, mm-hmm. con- if a form non-consent when it comes mm-hmm. to paranormal mm-hmm. um, books, right? Mm-hmm. I like the mating. I like that mm-hmm. sort of thing. But I like for them to be into it before penetration. So, like, in this book, she was like, no, 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 no. And then he penetrated her. And then afterwards, she was like, okay. You know, and I kind of like for them to do the foreplay part and then get the other person into it before the penetration part. Like, it's just a nuance to it, but, like, it's just, I just didn't like how it went down. It didn't feel good, and it felt super rapey to me, and I, I don't know. Maybe I'm somewhere different in my life now, but I just couldn't. Are you like, tra- I just couldn't. Okay, so, okay, because you went through a lot of things. Okay, so let's talk, let's talk about them in order. So, <laughs> okay, so, yes, I agree. The other guy was a total creep, for sure. He even talked about how he wanted to break her and make her submissive and, like, dominate yeah. and just, like, he is terrible, obviously. So, wait, okay, so are you talking about when... When Trey bit her in the place, yeah, because so she accepted that she knew he was going to bite her. Or you're talking about when they had sex for the first time. I'm talking about when they had sex for the first time, and that and how that interaction went down. Like I was like, what? So, and then the thing is, she's she's like a fighter, right? So they right. have her like fighting, but she never wins in the fight. And I always want her to. I want her to be. I wanted her to win a little bit more than she did. It always felt like, mm. no, 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 give in. No, 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 give in. No, 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 give in. And I didn't like that at all. Like, it's, I don't know. I It just, meh. It just didn't hit for me. Like, it did not hit for me at all in this book. So I wonder if part of this is, like, another one of those, like, audio versus non-audio. Because yeah. in when I was reading, I didn't get the sense that he, like, did it without her permission. Because they had talked about it already. She knew that consummation was happening. They had already had, like, their real sexual, like, biting and, and stuff in the the club. And he had already said, I think he said, let me see, I wrote it down because I thought it sounded nice. He said, um, when I fuck you, Taryn, and make no mistake about it, baby, I will fuck you. The only talking you'll be doing is begging me to let you come. And in her wolf, in her dialogue with her, like, inner wolf, her inner wolf was like, Basically, like, you have to earn this, and so I will fight until you essentially, like, force me to submit. So for me, it didn't feel rapey because her wolf, her and her wolf, like, her inner monologue had talked about how she would never respect an alpha who couldn't make her submit. Got you. Essentially, gotcha. couldn't, because they're wolves, like, couldn't force her. Because the way that they would in, like, in their wolf forms is he would, like, the wolf would, like, force her to 
given, basically. Well, I could I could very much see this being a, a reading versus audio. It could be. I, I mean, I don't disagree issue. with you that, like, I mean, he did bring, but, yeah. I mean, in terms of him bringing her there under, like, false, like, premise or whatever, I feel like it was, like, half and half because he did tell her, like, look, I only want to mate you for the alliance, which was true. He didn't tell her the extent of, like, his uncle wanting to take over the pack. And he, but he also, but he also made her believe that someone was after her at that moment. So when he was proposing that, he he made it. He implied that she was in imminent danger. And well, that she was because she was getting mated on Saturday. No, the, but he made her think that someone was after her, com- like coming to their place right then, like to like come get her. You know what I mean? So I feel like there was a creation of an imminent danger for her, where she was like, "Oh, well, I guess I gotta meet you." You know, oh, I don't remember that part. I just remember him. I don't remember her him saying that. I remember him saying like, and then gonna... it just it it made me feel like he wasn't any better than the other guy. Like that, I think that's really mm-hmm. what it it did for me. Is like I was like, how are you any better than this other guy who's forcing claiming? Well, she Maybe you, she said that she was like you know. she was like all he wants from me is my alliance. Like he's yeah. he, she even said like he's just like the other guy. She's like, however, my inner wolf is happy about being here and do- it doesn't make me feel like he's going to like, you know, yeah, but that moment, abuse me like the other guy. So I that I moment too, made me feel like she like it, it lost points for me for her. I wanted her like I wanted her to have more fight in her about both of those dudes. Even sure. if she ended up with him, she there was not enough fight for me for for her. I don't care if she's like, I'm gonna make his wolf submit to my wolf. I wanted her to fight up front way more than was happening in in the book. Like for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean I can understand that. I can understand that. In general, I don't love it in books when it's like like it would have been nice if it leaned a little bit more on, less on her pragmatics on and a little bit more on her like I want to like lick his abs side in terms of her inner monologue because she does talk about how he like smells great and the wolf is happy and and so it's like a better choice but it would have been nice if she had been like and also I want to like sit on that D a few times you know yeah um but I actually didn't really mind it because they set it up to, like I thought it was nice because it. I feel like you don't get a marriage of convenience very often in paranormal. So that felt like a different sort of storyline for me. Cause usually it's like, we're faded mates. Like, bam, you're married to me. That's just how it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, you're the other half of my soul, like sign the fuck up and buckle up. Like we're doing yeah. this. And the other characters like, what? <laughs> I was just a regular person five <laughs> seconds ago. I don't know about all well, this. I think, um, I feel like this book had all of the right ingredients, right? Like yeah. where I'm like, Ooh, this should be my catnip. Like, this book right. should definitely be my cat. Right. You know? And it just kind of felt like they were put together in a way that I was like, Neh. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the book sort of came alive for me when she got there. You know how strongly I feel about side characters and yeah. and, and their ability to bring more romance to the romance through their friendship and, and yeah. through that character being able to stand up for them and talk about them to other people, et cetera. Um, so the romance for me really came alive when she got there and she start and like, she didn't back down from like, Oh, everyone's going to be talking shit about me. And she like jumped on the counter and was like, yo, what's up? I'm your alpha. Yeah. Like get in line. And I liked that. She sort of like, you know, as you said, she was like super snarky and just doing like little comebacks at everyone just to, like, diffuse everything. But then, like, the couple times she actually got challenged, she was like, oh, hell no. Like, 
I'm the alpha here. You better submit or I'm going to break your nose. And so I, I, I actually didn't mind. I actually didn't mind her. I, was this my favorite shifter book of all time? No, it was not. But <laughs> I also enjoyed it. Like I gave it four stars. Yeah. I thought it was like a like an appealing enough romp that I I didn't ever feel during the book like, oh, shit, I would DNF this book. Like I wanted to see how it was going to end and how they were going to resolve. One thing that always in general sort of pisses me off in books is when people <laughs> are like so blind to the obvious. Like I was happy that there were multiple characters in the book who were like, well, clearly they're obviously true mates. And like we're sort of like nudge, nudge, you'll get it soon. Nudge, nudge, you'll figure yeah. it out. So that sort of alleviated a little bit of the fact that I was like, well, clearly their wolves are ready to like bond the whole way and do the damn yeah. thing. Um, but yeah, I actually didn't, I didn't, the only thing I didn't I, so, really like about Trey is when Trey stopped having sex with her. Cause he was trying to like gu- guard his heart from her. And I was like, that's rude. That is a rude. <laughs> that is rude. How dare you? How dare you? I she think like needs the, <laughs> The peen, that's what you promised her. You promised her a good dick. (laughs) And now you're trying to go hide in your office like a little pussy ass bitch. Um, But I also also appreciated his groveling, which was to just give her multiple orgasms. Yeah. And then cuddle Um, her to sleep. So that's that was nice. So like when I when I talk about like how it's hard to quantify what I didn't like about this book, Mm -hmm. I think like um, one of the things that you just talked about, right, is like when she gets to his pack and Mm -hmm. um, uh, she has this encounter with the girl that he slept with one time. And now that girl thinks that she's his mate and now they're going to fight. That shit went on way too long. They had too many interactions, and I didn't care about her. Again, Mm one-dimensional, like, she's Mm -hmm. jealous Mm -hmm. person. Like, that was a a piece that killed for me. It ruined some of the momentum, Mm -hmm. and, like, and she didn't need to be there for as long. Also, his interactions with his, her interactions with the mother, who, like, the mother who hated the grandma, yeah, the grandma Mm -hmm. who hated her. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, again, that lasted too long. Like, they could have this animosity, but the fact that they kept going, I hate you, and I hate you, and I hate you. I'm like, God, okay, look, we get it. We hate each other. Move on in the book. Like, those, there are certain things like that that just, like, Mm -hmm. killed the momentum and made it hard for me to really, like, get into the book. Also, I'm like, um, in those interactions, she would have these, like, snarky comebacks. And, again, those snarky comebacks for me were super lame. I was Mm -hmm. like... These are this these these aren't super clever to mm-hmm. me, um, and so it just made me like meh, 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 meh. <laughs> so it's like, like a lot of these little things throughout the book that I think ruined the momentum and they took away and also I just didn't feel like there was any kind of cool plot to this book. It was a shifter book about somebody who was like a you know like a force claiming situation or like an alliance situation, mm-hmm. and then like. And then somebody betrays them in the pack, which you are like, I already saw that coming, you know, or whatever. And then they got to fight it out to the death. And I don't know. It just seemed like very like Shifter 101. Mm -hmm. And I kind of wanted something a little bit more 103. (laughs) I hear you. I hear you. I mean, this was her first book in that series. So I wonder if like we had read book seven, if that would have like, you know, multiple years and books later, if that like would have evolved towards what you're talking about. Yeah. You know? Because I feel like she's got, I feel like she's got something. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm I'm with you on that. Like, I feel like all the ingredients were there. She just, she put them in, she put the eggs before she was supposed to put the butter and this thing, like, that's how I just feel about it. Mm -hmm. So maybe you're right in that later books will, will have flushed out and she will have gotten to be a better writer by then. Mm -hmm. Like, I would read another book 
of by this author. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know if I would read another book in this series, but I don't feel like this author has no, like, redemption. Sure. You know? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the... I can see why so many people love it so much because a lot of times you don't get, um, like, the heroine is, like, like, I liked that while she submitted to him finally and her wolf accepted him as, like, the alpha in bed, I liked that in public and in their human forms when he was like, I want you to stay here and be safe. She was like, ha that's cute that you still think I'm going to listen to you. And I liked that... So I can see why people liked that, that she was, like, so sarcastic and, and so, like, brash and, like, yeah, I know, yeah. like, how dangerous it is to be a latent wolf, but I'm going to, like, be a badass ninja and I'm going to, you know, just speaking of deck fools. Sp- speaking of latent wolf, right? Yeah. She's, a fu- she's a fucking healer. That's, a, that's another thing I didn't get about the book. She's a healer, which was super valuable in right. this and book, everyone, right? Like, treated her like shit at her old time. Everybody treated her like shit, but they also wanted her to come heal mm-hmm. them. And nobody else was a healer. Like mm-hmm. she like she was the only one with this gift. So I couldn't quite figure out why everybody hated so much on her for being latent. I, I think like I I know you're supposed to be able to shift, but sure. I felt like she had like an equal kind of like Yeah. I think the sh- sh- I think the shunning was because A, her dad shunned her and he was her dad and the alpha. <laughs> and like, I feel like in general in shifter books, like whatever sort of mood the alpha puts the pack in, it like permeates, which is I why mean, yeah. so many uh, shifter books are about taking down a bad alpha and instilling a more noble alpha. <laughs> um, and then also I feel like um, the latent thing, like, you know, it's kind of like when people used to go and see the village healer who everyone called a witch and they would call them a witch and then the second their kid got like smallpox they'd be there like help me help me <laughs> my kid has scarlet fever you know what I mean I think it's kind of that yeah. same thing where like the whole yeah. the whole town or in this case the whole pack is saying shitty things shitty things and she's not making it like quote unquote easy because she's not being like a submissive beta sort of like oh okay I'm just gonna like stay quiet and whatever she's like throwing that shit in their face and like not ever backing down and so yeah. that just makes, like, other wolves angry because they're like, fuck you, you're a latent wolf. Like, you should be kissing the ground I walk on. And she's like, yeah. I don't care about you. So also, uh, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, people are stupid, which I actually did it. It it actually made sense to me because I was like, this shit happens in real life where, like, you need this person, but everyone still treats them like shit. So It's kind of like prostitutes to me, right? Everybody's yeah. like, ew, sex workers, it's they're terrible. But also, yeah. can you book me at three? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm like a, you know what I mean like I'm always like oh, you know sure. or a guy sleeps with a girl and he's like you're a whore yeah. <laughs> and you're like um you okay me too bro what do you do bro or or the best one I don't want to sleep with you you're a whore no what no if I was a whore I'd <laughs> sleep with you I don't I'm not a whore because I didn't sleep with you I didn't sleep with you <laughs> what? I always thought that I always thought that was like the craziest comeback to like uh, I'm not interested you whore <laughs> no I'm not <laughs> Oh my god! These circumstances right Toxic now. Toxic masculinity very is really a struggle for. for I'm, I'm actually excited for this new generation down because all these younger guys I've seen really um, move away from that toxic masculinity. Yeah. Like my, I think our generation was the last kind of one that was really uh, where that was Brought instilled up with in that, them. Yeah, yeah. And then the next one down, they're really a different type. I of, think. I think of dude. The the our children's generation. 
They're going to be fire. Well, I feel like they're because gonna be like fire. they're being yeah. raised by, or at least hopefully, are being raised by a lot of parents who are being more conscious about. You know, don't tell your girls like, oh, be careful of boys. Tell your boys not to rape girls. Like, yeah, <laughs> I think I think the the millennial, like the whole like uh, gentle parenting move, mm-hmm. like movement and things mm-hmm. that's happening allowing now, allowing boys to cry, allowing boys to wear yeah. dresses and pink if they want. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I think you're absolutely correct in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I want to bring it back to the fact that she is latent, right? Mm-hmm. So in any book, I really don't like when this happens, and I'm going to put it in a different context first, and then bring it back to being latent. Mm-hmm. So like. If there was a book, if this was a book about her having a disability, let's say she was deaf, mm-hmm. right? Um, and by the end of the book, she magically becomes not deaf. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's problematic, right? I just mm. like it's. I don't think being not deaf is sure. um, like a, a perk. I think if people are deaf, they're more than happy to be deaf, and sure. it's not it's not a bad thing. Sure. Um, and in this book, I. Uh, She's latent, and I think she should have just stayed latent. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not a bad thing for her to be latent. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like at, at the end of any book where whatever their disability yeah, yeah, yeah. is, it magically goes away because I think it's kind of cool. Like, when you read a book about yeah. somebody who has a disability, that's the cool part yeah. of the book, you and know? And also, so she, I didn't like that. She beat the guy because she's latent and could partial shift. So, like, she should have, unlike she, like, almost ripped yeah. his testicle off, I think she should have, like, partial shifted her teeth and, like, ripped his throat out and been, like, yeah. done-so. And, and then that's I it. agree with you. I agree with you. I agree with you. You know. I, yeah. I, can't, I have no counter-argument to that. I totally agree. That's, that's, my, that's my last soapbox. That's my no, <laughs> that's, I think that's a good soapbox. Always. You know. Always a good soapbox. I think we should take a break. Okay. Let's do it. And come back with our ratings. Okay. Let's do it. Dear Romance Besties, if you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com forward slash romance at a glance to check out our awesome perks, including stickers, watching movies with us, naughty book boxes, and you can even be on the show. Can't be a patron? You can still support the show by purchasing books or things we recommend through our affiliate links on our show notes and our dope ass website. Thanks for the commish. Or you can leave a review for the show on Apple Podcasts. Screenshot your review, send it to us on Instagram, and we'll send you some stickers. Now, Bridge, let's get back to the ratings. Yes. Bridget, what did you give our fair heroine? I gave her a four. I gave her a four. I thought she was sassy. I thought she was fun. I liked that she was like, hey, cool. If if I was any other alpha pair, I would be going to the meeting, and I am your alpha pair, <laughs> so I am going to this meeting. I like that she was like, constantly like in his face like figure your shit out basically yeah and yeah and i thought she was you know i thought she didn't let her sort of latency like uh, make her sort of a sad sack or make her less than she was like okay cool well i know people are gonna come at me so i'm gonna learn to fight and be the best and i'm gonna you know punch people in the face and ask questions later um and i like that she like treated his pack with like kindness and camaraderie and sort of you know sort of let them love her when she became their alpha even though she was worried about the fact that they were gonna miss her when she left nice uh i gave her a two Mm -hmm. and i gave her a two and not a one because i felt like she finished the book strong Uh, I like the way she went out at the end but Mm -hmm. throughout the entire book for me i i just thought I, I was just not connected or into mm-hmm. her at, at all mm-hmm. um, for all the reasons I stated earlier. But I did feel like she ended the book with a, with a nice bang. And I mm-hmm. liked that she was involved in the 
in like that last melee sure. of like <clears throat> of shit. Well, she kind of got drugged and dragged out there, but, drugged but, out I still, there. but I still like, like I, I would have preferred that she fought to get out there to, yeah. on her oh, own to begin with. Oh, we didn't even talk with. about the fact that she got pregnant. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, that was definitely a thing that was happening. You know what? Oh, my scent has changed. Okay, yeah. she's pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> although, you know, the interesting thing about it, which I didn't, I don't remember reading this in any other shifter book, although it may be there and I just don't remember. Um was that if the alpha pair doesn't have a baby, then the other pairs can't have kids? Yeah, I and didn't... I don't know if I've ever read that or if I've ever seen that in a shifter book, but I thought that that was... A, that actually made her staying behind make sense to me. Because yeah. if you're, like, freshly pregnant, I was like, this bitch can go fight. But if she's, like, the hope for all other pairs to have children as well, and if she loses that baby, then they can't have babies, that for me, for her character and just in general, would be a more powerful reason for her to be like, I will sit this out because it's not about just me. It's about the whole pack, and I'm the alpha. Yeah, and so. I, I, think you're, I think you're correct in that, except um, I, I didn't hear that mentioned in the whole beginning of the book. Like, if I had known that, in the beginning, it would have made certain things make a little bit more sense. If it had laid sense. some groundwork for you. Yeah, but at, I only heard that at the very end. Well, they were trying like, to get pregnant. She was on, like... On birth control. Birth yeah. control. But but it would have been an easy conversation to have with one of the other people in the pack that's like, hey, are you going to have a baby? Because, like, you could, you, they, know, you control the rest of... of I agree. Uh, I I agree, except for that they wouldn't have brought it up because they all thought she was not going to stay forever. Oh, that's true. So, that's like, true. it would have been a weird thing because, like, obviously she's not going to get pregnant because they're only doing this as a marriage of convenience. Yeah, So that's it would have been that's weird true. to have it mentioned. I do agree, like, in, in terms – like, it could have been dropped not to her but to, like, some other – you know, it could have been sprinkled in some other pack she overheard yeah. or they were talking about another pack or whatever. But Yeah. Um, did, did they um, – uh, is it explained – because I might have missed this – is it that everybody has to wait for the alpha pairing to do it, or chemically? It kind it, of seemed like chemically. Okay, but it could have been a custom. But it kind of seemed like chemically they had to wait because I, I feel like, or like chemically part of the stronger or part of like the pack bond, you know, like hive mind sort of thing. When they're all like, it's like that sort of like triggers the rest First of, of them. all. That thing, I feel like that thing really exists in real life. No, no, hear me out. Anybody can get get pregnant at any time. Mm-hmm. But every friend, like, every friend group I've ever had, like, if one person gets pregnant, even if the other, like, three are not planning on getting pregnant, everybody gets pregnant. Like, it's a, it's like a, it's contagious. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I don't know whether, and I don't whether it's like, I don't know whether it's like, um nature or nurture, you know, whether there's like a yeah. literal hormone that like triggers that other female to be like their body to be like oh it's safe to be pregnant or something like that like because that would be so cool um or whether it's just societal and they're like oh like so-and-so got pregnant and like and then they get pregnant too yeah yeah i don't know what it is but i i've seen this phenomenon happen so many times and i'm always like you will not get me one of when i when i for you will not take me when i first moved to neighborville um one of the other moms who has older kids uh who i'm friends with she was like 
oh, are you going to, you know, she like was kind of like tentatively trying to feel out if I'm having more children. And she's like, oh, look, a pregnant mom. Like, it's catching. If you don't want to have a baby, you better stay away. And I was like, oh, yeah, my husband has a vasectomy. We're not having more kids. She's like, okay, good. <laughs> she's like, she's like don't, you, don't catch yeah, me. Yeah. She's like, I don't want you to have another baby because, you know, then it'll be harder for us to be friends because you'll be like doing baby shit and I'll you know, be like, let's go to brunch. <laughs> um, and I was like, no, I'm, I'm done with the baby phase for now. Uh, it, you know, for, it's funny. Not for like now, forever. I don't, I don't have kids. Right. So I, that, that sentiment of like, you know, like, I don't want you to have another baby so we can do things. Right. Like I, I am maybe cause I'm a doula or I was a doula. Like I just recognized in my mind a long time ago when it came to friendships that if my, if my, friend had a baby it would just shift how we needed to be friends for sure um instead of the other way around where everybody's like oh my friend had a baby now we're not friends anymore sure. like we've moved away and it's like no that's, that's I, well, and like, you know what i 100 percent think it's on the person who doesn't have a baby like it's your it job is. if that person has a baby to like reach out more to show up with food to come to like call up like okay if they're not if they're maybe in there in the blue place to like contact their partner and be like look you need to take the baby. I am taking them out because they clearly need some time away. And like, I'm going to take them to tacos or whatever. Um, because like, I mean, pregnancy brain and like new mom brain and like the lack of sleep is so real that it's not like you would come over all the time, but it's not. And it was nice. Cause like, you'd just be like, yo, I'm going to come at 10. And I'd be like, cool. Because it's not like I didn't want you to come, but it's like my brain's so tired and it's, like, trying to recover that I don't have the, like, mental capacity to, like, think through the steps of, like, okay, I'd like her to come. That means I need to contact. That means I need <laughs> to think about what time. I need to contact her. I need to, like, you know, do well, all these I, things. And it's, like, especially with kids' first kids, like, tell them yeah. to, like, throw that baby in a Bjorn and, like, get their asses out to to see you. But Well, it, it kind of, to me, in my mind, it speaks to the friendships. Like, how much do I want? How much do I want this friendship, right? Well, my friend had a baby. Now she can't go to brunch. Now we can't drink. Now we can't go to the nightclub. So, like, I'm going to write that friendship off. And it doesn't, it just doesn't make sense Mm -hmm. to me. Like, if your friend had an illness, you wouldn't write them off for, like, because they got sick, you know, or whatever. And so, like, now your friend has entered another. Well, yeah, you're right. Some people do. I've actually seen that happen a lot. But, um but in general, I think it's a dick move. <laughs> um, like, just yeah. so because your friend has a baby, it just shifts what your friendship is going to look like sure. and how you're going to show up for them. Um, for sure. But I, but I hear too much. I feel like the opposite of like, oh, we, you know, they had kids and so we, we drifted apart. I also see the opposite happen too with new moms, right? They now they want to have friend mom moms sure. who are friends, like sure. uh, have kids. Sorry. Sure. And. And so they drift off as well For sure. um, in that friendship. So I feel like when those in that moment, you have to be consciously aware of sure. how you're showing up for your your friends sure. um, and that sort of thing. And, and then had, if you need I've single friends, friends, go make single friends. I've had friends who like got, had a kid and like fell deep into the the mom pool of like thinking about their kids, researching, only talking about their kids. Like they like forgot how to talk about anything other than their kids for a hot minute. And for some people that was like six months and for some people that was like four years. And <laughs> like the I mean and then that was hard for me when I didn't have kids and it was hard for me when I did have kids. Cause like I think my kids are great, but also like I don't want to talk about my kids all the time. Like at least I want to talk about TV or books or movies or like Yeah. The fucking weather. I don't know. I want to talk about like cause I'm with them all the time. And so when I'm with other people, um, 
like I'll talk about my kids and we'll like reminisce about our kids. Oh my God, my kid was did this and it was so funny. But I also want to know like, yo, like what do you got going on? Are you even, you know, if you, if you're a stay at home mom, like what are you, what do you do when your kids are napping? Like what's your thing? What do you do at night? Like what's your, what interests you? Like one of my neighbors is like, oh, I'm a craft mom. And I was like, oh, that's dope. Cause I'm not at all. And so <laughs> you can help me make crafty things for my children. Cause like not my strength, but I will sit there and you can tell me what to glue. Um, on the reverse end of that, like as someone who doesn't have kids, right? When your friends talk about their kids, like I'm invested when you talk about uh, Kira and Molly. Sure. What are they going through? Are they feeling all right or whatever? Yeah. Um, but again, like you don't want that to be the dominant part of the conversation talk about your kids because that is your life and i'm interested in your life and also we're so much more than we have so many more multifaceted things to talk about you know um but i do feel like um to your credit bridget you have always been super uh balanced in the process like when you had kids you're like i love my kids i you know but you know what (laughs) Like, I I work, I do these things, and Mm. I'm going to keep doing those things, even though I have kids. Um, And so I always felt like you were always um, cognizantly aware of maintaining a balance of, like, your, of motherhood and all the other things that you are and do and, you know, interest you and that sort of thing. I appreciate that. I feel like it was much harder after having my second kid than it was after just having, when I had one kid, it was, like, so easy. There's only one of them. So it's, like, when they nap, you have time because there's no other kid there. You know, whereas like as soon as you have two, then it's like they don't nap at the same time necessarily. And then like all of your free time goes to zero, especially if like one kid's sick or two kids are sick. And then it's like, I mean, anytime that happens, your life is just like a shit show. Um, But I did try really hard and because I do like a lot of things and I do like to work and be creative and and have my own, you know, sort of passions and interests. Um. And, like, it's really hard for me, and I feel really for the people who don't have the sort of support that I do. Because, like, my husband makes a ton of money. We – I make a ton of money as a consultant. Like, I don't have to work full-time to make more than, like, an average person. And – um Although sometimes I'm like, I could make so much money if I just worked more. And then I'm like, <laughs> I don't have the bandwidth unless I hire more help for my kids, um, which I don't want to do. Um, yeah, so I, I get it. I mean, it's a struggle in either direction, I think, to your point about. I always try to be conscious of it. Like, you come to see the kids. Yeah, you want to talk about me and the kids. But also, like, making sure to always ask about, like, what are you doing? Because... Even though you're coming to hang out with me and the babies, like, you still have a life that I want to be interested in that isn't involved in, like, the fact that I'm currently, like, breastfeeding or or whatever. Um, so I appreciate that because I do try because it is hard. It is hard. They take up so much fucking energy and time, especially <laughs> especially when they're really little and they really yeah. need you all the time. Now that they're two and almost four – it's not quite, aside from the fact that my kid randomly got hand, foot, and mouth disease this week, you guys, and I totally thought, I was like, is she dying? What? What is, is it mad cow? What is it? What is, I never, <laughs> I had never heard of hand, foot, and mouth disease in my life. And I Google it, and it's like, oh, it's a virus. It goes away by itself. It's not a big deal. And I was like, oh. I really feel like they need to take disease off the I end. Know. Because it really implies something I way know. more. I know. It just should say virus. It should just be like the hand, foot. Hand, mouth, and foot hand, virus. Hand, foot, like mouth, flu. And they should add butt, because she has it on her butt. And it should just be like virus or infection or something. Or yeah. Because it goes away by itself. 
When you and told me that, I was like, what is that cancer? I know. Like, what is they, that? They called me from daycare, and I was like, what is that? I was like, uh, yeah, I'll come pick her up. But, like, what's wrong with her? <laughs> and it just turns out she has, like, it's essentially, like, a really bad rash. Um, and you can't really do anything for it, but, like, wait it out, which, okay. So we're just currently waiting shit out. But, like, aside from this week, which is different because she's sick, and I have to keep a two and four year old from playing or touching each other so that the four year old doesn't get it, which is really Sounds difficult because <laughs> they really like each other. So they've been like watching TV in separate rooms. Cause I'm like, I can't sit on the couch together. Like the four year old is like, Molly here, have some juice. I'm like, don't give her your juice. <laughs> don't touch her. Um, Remember you're like, share, share, share. Yeah, and like, then you're like, once absolutely not. Stay apart. <laughs> Wash your hands. I guess. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, where, like, this week has turned into, like, a little bit of a shit show, like, now that they're two and four, like, it's much easier. Because they're crazy. The two-year-old's a nut job. I have to make sure she doesn't die at all times. But they can they don't need me physically as as much. Like, they can walk up and down the stairs by themselves. They can play by themselves and, like, do a puzzle or play with magnets or whatever. Like... Kira can get her own snacks and open them for her and Molly. Like it's, I feel like it's definitely, and especially over the up, upcoming year, I feel like obviously there'll be new challenges as they get older and more personality and whatever. But in terms of like the physical, like burden of just needing me, touching me all the time, I think that, that we have crested the hurdle on that stage so I'm feeling hurdle. I don't know how people then go back and do another baby I'm like oh my god if I got pregnant right now I would slip back into my pregnancy depression so fast I feel like <laughs> I don't know how anybody um like my sister has like uh, an almost five-year-old I think she might even like she's you know um mm-hmm. and she's thinking about having another baby and mm-hmm. that to me breaks my brain like if I have a like, I'm like you're out of the I, hurdle. Five, those motherfuckers if you, if are I so have a sufficient. You better believe that's an only child, Bridget. You better believe that's an only child. I ain't going back yeah. for seconds. Yeah, that ain't happening. I think that was part of the reason I wanted to have our kids. Our kids are only 22 months apart, and I wanted them to be like 12 months apart. But I had a C-section with the first, and they were like, "You can't get pregnant again that fast." Um, or they didn't recommend it, but like. Because I wanted to do babies, like, I wanted to do all the baby shit right up front so that then they could grow up and, and we could be on to, like, different things. But, yeah, like, when I see people and they're like, oh, yeah, I have a four or five-year-old and they have an infant, I'm like, oh, my God, you were out of it. You were there. You, <laughs> you made it. If we, had, if we had waited until Kira was, like, a dope five-year-old, we would, I don't think we would have had another child. I think we would like, should we? And then we would be like, nah, Kira's dope as fuck. We don't need another kid. Like. You know, it's funny because I, I remember thinking like, oh, my mom's been a parent, you know, like for 18 years. And then I thought, no, I have to count the years difference between the oldest and youngest. So there's sure. 11 years between the oldest and youngest in my family. So that means 18 plus 11. That's 29, damn near 30 years of parenting. Oh, and while they're get, all at home, too. Yeah, While they're all yeah, at yeah, home, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, and, and I was just like. Oh, hell to the fuck no. Uh, <laughs> hell to the fuck my no. My grandma was, she had uh, 11 kids in 15 years. So in, in in this, or 16 years, something like that. So in the span of that time, she was either Ooh. pregnant. She didn't really breastfeed any of her kids. She bottle fed because that was like the time. But pregnant, breastfeeding like for a few weeks or whatever. And then getting pregnant again immediately for for 
15 full years. And then there's 11 kids. So they were all there for another 15. So for like 30 some years, she was either pregnant or there were a whole fuckload of kids at home. God, God bless. God bless her, man. But you know what? Parenting was so different then because the village, they, well, they had not, much more well, yeah, then. I mean, there's a village like there were like a million other moms uh, and, and families on the block that also had a million kids. But like they didn't like let their kids stay at home like Kira's four. So she would have been kicked out of the house and been out in playing in the street with the, all the other neighborhood kids. Yeah. And then she would have mm-hmm. come home at lunch, had lunch, taken a nap or whatever. And then as soon as that was over, she would have gone back outside with the neighborhood yeah. kids. And. Like when, you know, my dad talks about it all the time, but like they weren't like at their house. Like they yeah. were out in the neighborhood, getting up to ruckus, playing baseball in the street, like running around ragged. Like they, it's not the same now, like where people feel, oh, I have to like educationally play with my child all day and stuff like that. Yeah. Like I, I feel like I let my kids or I try as much as possible to let my kids play by themselves a lot. And I'll be like, oh, no, I'm working or I'm doing something. So, like, I'll be whatever. We have a new house. I'll be, like, building furniture. And I'm like, you figure your own toy, your own shit out. So get some markers and color. Go build something next to me. But, like, (laughs) because, you know, like, I mean, it's obviously it's wonderful if you can spend that much time with your kids. But they don't really need us that much. Like, they, they can just hang as long as they're safe and they're they're loved and they're fed and they're dry and they're like in you know i mean like they don't need that constant supervision and i feel like we're told as parents now that they need that constant you have to be using learning blocks and colors and you have to be doing crafts (laughs) with them all day and like i saw somewhere that kids only need 30 percent of you (laughs) yeah you can just let them be in the yard as long as you're, like, have them sort of in sight and they're, like, locked in the yard and they can't escape, like, they could just be out there. They don't need you. Let them, yeah. you know. So I try, right now our backyard's a nightmare because they're building a pond so they can't go in the backyard. But in general, I like to let them go and, like, look around the yard and find squirrels and and sort of, like, explore while I'm near enough they need yeah. help, they can ask for it. But I don't want to be out there exploring with them all the time. <laughs> like, I have books to read. Like, I have better things to do than to constantly be, um, I mean, you know, playing with to them. Your point, to your point, I grew up, like your dad was saying, like, where my mom literally, she said, you have a choice. You can go outside, you can stay inside and clean with me. Mm-hmm. Which was her way of saying, get the fuck out of sure, the house, right? Sure. And you, we had one, we had a rule of which main streets we couldn't go by, but we had right. a pretty large, um, large yeah, like area square. that we could, sure. we could roam. We had five, uh, six kids at my house, and my neighbor had five kids. Sure. So we were a pack, a roaming sure. wolf pack of sure. kids. And the oldest knew that they had to make sure that the younger ones were all, made it. <laughs> were all together <laughs> right. and made it and that sort right. of thing. You know, um, and my mom would put a cooler outside at about lunchtime that had, like, sandwiches 
and drinks and whatever. And if you went in the house to pee, (laughs) if you went in the, she better not hear you. Like you would sneak (laughs) to go to the bathroom because she was so funny. (laughs) She would do this on purpose. Now I love that she puts a cooler outside. She doesn't even bring you in for lunch. She's like, get your own food out of this cooler. (laughs) There was sandwich for everybody and drinks in there. And you knew what you could have and what was, you know, whatever. And if you went in the house, she, what she would do is like looking back. This is the first moment I'm looking back and I was like, that smart ass bitch man Mm -hmm. she would go who's in the house who's in the house (laughs) right from wherever she was and you would hurry to pee and you'd hurry and get the fuck out of the house you know she was sitting on the couch probably sometimes reading her stuff yeah absolutely absolutely but we were never inside we were never inside we were in the pool or we were roaming the streets and now they call it free range parenting my mom's like what that's just that's just parenting parenting, yeah i know like one of the reasons we wanted to move to the the place that we live is there's like a lot of people with kids and families and like within like our major street boundaries as you described them like we have a public park with like swings and whatnot and we have even just like on our block we have I mean, four kids that my kids are friends with. And then across the street, there's another two. So there's like a whole bunch of kids. I, I, my hope, I mean, who knows what their parenting styles will be, but my hope will be that as they get older, they can just like walk down the block, knock on the door and be like, yo, you guys want to come over and feed the fishes at our pond and like have our backyard people can come and just like, you know, just like roam around and do shit and just like, now you have a, now you have group text. You could just text all the moms and be like, hey, my kids are going out to play. Anyway, if anybody wants to send their kids over. My sister hates when the neighbor kids come over. She, like, closes the blinds. <laughs> she closes the blinds. How do I don't take they, care of those kids? One of the kids, <laughs> one of the, so one of the neighbor kids has kind of, like, um, you know, I don't know if they're, if she has an issue or not, but she has no sense of, like, boundaries. So she will just walk into my sister's house. If my sister, if she knocks on the door a ton and my sister doesn't come, she knocks on the door a ton more. And then she'll come around the back and walk in the back of my sister. My sister's like, hell, hell to the nod. This, this kid is tripping. And, and I and I worked a, like a birthday party for my sister. Like mm-hmm. I helped her with a birthday party. And when I say this child will look in your eyes and it looks like nobody's home. Oh, it, boy. She, she looks like she will murder you oh, in boy. your sleep type of kid. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Asia, you better watch this kid, man. I don't know what the hell's wrong with her, but there's some, there's some shit here that happened. <laughs> but anyway, all right. Let's get back to this book. <laughs> All right, well, let's just wrap it up. I don't think we need to go through everything. Let's just wrap it up with what is your final star rating? Uh, my final star rating is a two. I really wanted to like this book. It it just didn't do it for me. I didn't like uh, it. wasn't for me. It wasn't for you. <laughs> um, I was sort of between a three and a four, but I ended up giving it a four because um, I did enjoy it. And I didn't feel like it was quite a three where I was like, like I enjoyed it more than I would like enjoy a three book. Like, I yeah. enjoyed this. I liked the repartee. I thought they had some good hot sex scenes, which I always love a good hot sex scene. I liked they had a little voyeurism at the end. I always enjoy a little voyeurism. Um, I was hoping they were going to bang as humans in the voyeuristic sense, but I'll take a wolf mating while everyone else is watching. And I liked the world enough that she sort of established that I would I would read another one and, and check out, like, what the other wolves uh, are doing and who they're mating with. Yeah. I I would say about this book, just a little uh, caveat. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that if you're a person who likes shifter books and that mm-hmm. sort of thing, even though this book specifically wasn't for me, you may find that 
the later books actually like get better and sure. so that so I wouldn't absolutely say no to this book or to mm-hmm. anybody out there reading this book but I would say like take this one as a starter book mm-hmm. and then <laughs> you know yeah, with like, a little sugar yeah, a little sugar and spice see how and it then, goes and then see how it goes <laughs> oh, that's fair so yeah well that's all we have for you today folks yes until next time may your books be your lover and your hand your best friend baby Thanks for hanging in with us, romance readers. Head over to Instagram to continue chatting with us. We're super friendly. We want to cackle with you. We want to know what your favorite sex scene was. And we need more book recommendations. If you want to read along with us, go to our website, romanceataglance.com, to see what we're reading next. And we'll see you next podcast.